What's up, Say What podcast listeners, my friends. I don't know why I called you guys listeners, because we are absolutely friends. I mean, I tell you guys about my sex life, so (laughs) we are definitely friends, so I should start that over. What is up, Say What podcast friends? Welcome back to the Say What podcast. My name is Hannah, and I am so honored that you are spending some of your day with me. Good morning, good lunchtime, good afternoon, good evening, good dinner time, good wherever you're at. I hope your day is going fantastic. My day has been pretty okay, if I do say so myself. I am gearing up to go camping this weekend, so very excited about that. So I've just been kind of prepping for that today. But now I'm sitting down to record a podcast for you, so I'm excited to chat with you. But if this is your first time listening to the Say What podcast, I just want to say welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you enjoy it and stay a while. We talk about sex, marriage, Jesus, women, all the things. So I am excited you are here. And let's get into some life updates. So I got a couple to talk about this week. The first life update is, this is more of just like a pat on my back because I'm proud of myself. Because guys, I'm working really hard to like give you guys some really good stuff, some good content, like talking about the hard stuff, talking about sex, talking about painful sex, talking about marriage and women and just all the things. And it was really cool because one of my Instagram reels went viral and it hit one point. 4 million views, which is so bizarre. And I just can't believe that 1 million, 1.4 million people have seen my face and know intimate details about my sex life. So, but it's really cool. And I just wanted to thank you guys for supporting me and all and being here with me like we seriously are friends this is like the best community that I have ever you know been a part of besides my small group girls I love you but like this is this is the best and I am just loving getting to go through all this stuff with you you help me feel so much less alone in the crap that I'm going through and so I was just excited about that and I'm really proud of myself because I'm working really hard especially making some Instagram reels they're not as easy as you'd think to make and so I'm just proud of myself for that happening. Honestly, there's no like magic to it. I just make reels based off my content and people want to talk about sex. So it went off, but I just thought that was very cool. So I'm patting myself on the back, giving myself a little, little hand clap, little hand clap. But um, that was the first one. Okay, second one. So I did pelvic therapy last week. I um, did pelvic therapy because when you guys are listening to this on Monday, I'll probably be at my gynecology appointment. So if you've if you're new here, I was diagnosed with vaginismus in April or May of 2020, and it was like super traumatic, and I have not been back to the doctor since, and I am a big believer in taking care of yourself and like going to those yearly gynecology appointments, and so I was putting it off, putting it off, and finally made an appointment with a new doctor that I'm seeing on Monday, and so something that me and my pelvic therapist do decided to do is to do pelvic therapy again just to like kind of prepare my body to go to this appointment. So, cause we have not done pelvic therapy since December and honestly, I'm really glad we did. And I, I probably should clear this up. I see her pretty much twice a month usually to do acupuncture and actually we'll talk about that later in this episode. So I, I see her twice, a, twice a month and we decided to do pelvic therapy just to help prepare me for 
this appointment with this new doctor, which I am feeling good about. I'm at a really good place because we did this therapy. Uh, it did not hurt, which was really good because I was not sure since it had been, you know, that long, like how I would feel. Sex has been really good. Um, sex has also been a little bit like uncomfortable, but it hasn't been painful. And so I'm really glad that we did this therapy because doing this therapy, we learned that it'll probably be good for me every couple months to do some pelvic work and just to kind of stay on top of it and make sure I'm doing okay. So I still will say like, I am cured. Sex does not hurt anymore, but it's more of just like routine maintenance, you know, like you got to get an oil change on your car. Like you got to keep up with your car, make sure it's in good shape. And I'm kind of thinking the same thing with my body. And so we decided that every couple months we're going to do this. And I think that'll be really good because when she was doing the pelvic therapy on me, so we were doing an internal exam, there were some muscles that were like really tight. And I did not realize that they were still tight. And that can explain some of the uncomfortableness I've been having because it, it felt different than like what it has before. And so I wasn't even considering it like pain. It was just like slightly uncomfortable, but the, and we figured out this is why. And so we did pelvic therapy and then sex has been great since. And so I'm just glad that we figured this out. That'll be good for us to do this every month or not every month, every couple months, just to like check in, make sure I'm doing okay. Seeing if there's any muscles that need to be um, worked, worked out and massaged out that way. They're not so tight anymore. Um, and it really does make a huge difference in my body. And it's also very interesting because, well, when you have a reel that has a hundred or 1.4 million views, there comes a lot of comments. And most comments are kind and supportive. And mo honestly, most of the comments are like, me too. Someone's talking about this on the internet. Oh my gosh. And so most of them are like that. But there are some comments that are not like that, that are really rude. And I was telling her about some of them at, while we were doing therapy. And she was like, after, after we finished, she was like, you know what? your body still holds on to stuff because like when you were talking about different things, like during therapy, I, there were like topics that you'd bring up or things that you would say, and then your pelvic muscles would like tighten up. And then you talk about something else and they would loosen up. And she was like, so I know that you weren't doing that intentionally. And I was like, yeah, I couldn't even feel it. And she's like, well, that's because your body's still holding on to stuff and still responds to certain things. And I was like, Ooh, that's super interesting. So like when I was telling her about some of the mean comments, my um, pelvic floor started to tighten up. So it should just be good for us to continue on doing some maintenance on that. So there's that update. Last update. This is not a fun one, guys. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, eh, about it. So I don't know if I have mentioned this on the podcast, but I definitely have talked about it on Instagram. So there is this product called the drip stick and it is supposed to help like clean up after sex. And so you guys know if you have sex and your partner um, finishes inside of you, like you have a bunch of semen in you. And for the most part, or I know a lot of women, we will like drip for like hours afterwards. Like we'll have discharge for hours afterwards. And, and what this is supposed to do is help with that. So it's supposed to help with the cleanup and it literally looks like a tampon, but you stick it inside you and you just kind of like move it around and pull it out and all of the semen will, and, and just whatever stuff is inside of you will come out and you don't have to like waddle to the bathroom anymore. And so I was interested in this product because on, on their website, I mean, they had thousands of positive reviews, like five star, five star, five star. And I was like, I mean, this seems cool, but I use a towel and it's fine. Like I, I use a towel to clean up. It's not wasteful because this product is a single use plastic product. And so I was like, I don't love that. I'm not trying, I don't want to, you know, continue to use one use products. And so I was like, 
eh, what am I missing? There's probably something really cool with this product that I'm missing. And so I posted about it and you guys said you're interested. So I was like, I'll try it. So I tried the product on Saturday. Well, come Monday morning, I have some kind of infection. I don't know if it was a UTI. I don't know if it was a yeast infection. It just some kind of bacter- or bacterial infection. So we had sex Saturday night, used the product for the first time. I mean, I, I liked it. I will say I did not like it enough to buy it. So like I wouldn't purchase it. But then I especially didn't like it when I had this infection. So you guys know me. I always pee after sex. Peeing after sex is the most important thing you can do besides consent when it comes to sex. And so I pee after sex and I, we didn't change anything. Nothing new happened except for adding the drip stick in and I got an infection. Now I'm not a doctor and I have not gone to the doctor yet about this infection because like I said, I'm going on Monday and I don't have enough money to go to the doctor twice in one week. Um, so I just started getting some like D mano, I think is how you say it, pills and drinking a bunch of water and doing some care on my own. Um, and it definitely has gotten better, but it was, it was painful. Like it hurt when I pee, it hurt when I, it was like burning and it just was uncomfortable to have anything touching it. And so t- touching my vagina. So it was just, it was rough. It was really rough. And it's hard for me to say that like, I got it outside of using the dripstick, like it would have happened anyway, but I don't know. So I just being honest with you guys, I told y'all I will not permit products if I don't believe them. And this is the first time that this is happening. So this company did send me this product for free to try. And I really appreciated that, but I didn't have a good experience and that makes me really sad. So I'm here to say not a fan of the dripstick. It may or may not have given me, given me an infection. So there's that not fun. Again, I can't say 100% that that's what caused my infection, but I don't know what else did because I've literally never had one in my entire life. So yeah. Okay. Anyways, enough about me. Let's get into the podcast. I just talked for 10 minutes. Sorry, friends. Okay, let's get into it. So today's podcast is super cool. I'm like very excited to do this because I have not done one like this before. We are doing a Q&A. So I had you guys uh, two weeks ago, maybe send questions that you wanted to ask for me to answer on the podcast. And so I took all the questions, put them in my little Google Doc, and I am going to answer them. So very excited. I I think I I got most of them. I'm pretty sure I tried to, there was a couple that were basically the same. So I didn't, didn't answer the same question. But um, I am very, very excited. So these range from questions about painful sex to dating to sex toys to birth control, and more. So we'll see what we get into. And I am very excited to answer your questions. So they're not in any order. I think I literally just put them in the order that I got them in. So um, no order here. I'm just gonna dive right in and answer your questions. It gets a little spicy. So Hang on till the end. (laughs) Um, I'm excited to answer these. So let's get into it. Question number one. What are your thoughts on IUDs? Okay, here's the thing, friends. I think birth control is up to each person to decide what is best for them and their body. Like, I, I know that I have some friends who take the pill and they love it and it's fantastic and works great for them. I tried the pill and it was a terrible experience. I thought I was pregnant for the first like seven months of my marriage and it was terrible. Um, not terrible to be pregnant. Eh, that's a, that's a tough, tough situation right there. Anyways, touchy subject, but it was not a fun time. And so I, and I also didn't feel good. So then I tried a different type of the pill. Didn't work. So then I was like, let's try the IUD. 
Actually, that's not true. I'm not remembering that correctly. I did try the IUD before I started pills. Yes. So let me tell you my story on the IUD situation. Um, I've never shared this story before, mostly because I don't want to scare anybody. Like IUDs work great for some people. I have some friends that have an IUD and have no problem. So, and right now I am using the Nuva ring and I, I really like it for birth control. I am going to try and get off soon just cause I don't want those extra hormones in my body. But, um, for the most part, Nuva ring has been great for me. But you asked about IUDs. So let me tell you my story. So this was before I got married. I knew I didn't trust myself to take a pill every day. And so I was like, I want an IUD. I talked to my gynecologist about it. And she was like, we've never had sex before. So let's like, that's really invasive. And I was like, I'll be fine. It's fine. It's fine. I want the IUD. <laughs> and so um, I we tried it one day, like to insert the IUD. And it didn't work. It was the most painful thing I have ever gone through. And I, and the girl or my gynecologist was like, okay, I want you to come back and I'm going to give you this medication that will soften your cervix. And we're going to make sure you're on your period this time when you come back. And I was like, okay, great. So a month went by, came back. I'd taken the medicine to soften my cervix and I was on my period, which is supposed to be like better for insertion for the IED. So we tried again and it didn't work again. It was like, she couldn't get the literally get it inside of me. Like, or she would, she did get it in, in me, but it couldn't like go to the place that it was supposed to. And she was like, this is just not working. And I was in like dire pain. It was so terrible. And so then she was like, okay, let's go do like an ultrasound and I'll look at the ultrasound while I'm inserting the IUD. So then we tried it again. So we're on try three for me having this IUD. And we went to the room for the ultrasound. She did the ultrasound, inserted it again and saw that my cervix was like tilted. And so she couldn't get the IUD in. And I was like, great. I wish we would have started with that. So like it just, the mechanism that they have to insert it doesn't bend like I need. So I went through all that very dramatic experience just not to have an IUD. Now, that may not be your experience. So I, you know, I'm not a doctor, but those are my thoughts. It was terrible for me. It was very, very, very painful. So I don't recommend solely based off my experience. But I really do think that birth control is up to each and every person to decide what's best for you. I have the Nuvering and it's pretty great. So there's the answer to that question. Okay. Number two, what is it like going to the gynecologist and getting a pap smear? How do we make it not awkward and embarrassing? Okay. Here's the thing. A gynecologist, I can't say that word. A gynecologist's job is women's health. Like that is their sole job. That's what they went to like years and years and years and years and years of school for. They do not care about your vagina. They don't care what it looks like. They don't care if it's shaved. They don't care if it's not shaved. They don't care if your legs are hairy. They don't care if, I mean, I guess they probably care if you take a shower before, but I don't know. Like, this is their job. Their job is to check on you as a woman head to toe. And, and part of that is getting a pap smear. And so I will say, you prob- you are probably, and I when I say you, I mean all of us, we're in our heads about this. Like, we get weird. We're like, I don't want her to you know, see me or whatever. And, and, but this is their job. Like it's, it's normal for them. This is what they do every single day. It's just as normal for them to do a pap smear and see into your vagina as it is for a doctor to help your broken leg. 
Like it, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I know that we have grown up in a world where there is a lot of shame around our body parts and a lot of like protection, which I do think is good. Like you want to protect yourself, but this is your doctor. This is their job. It is not weird. It is not embarrassing. Like at all. They've literally seen everything. So you, a lot of times we get in our head, like we get in our head about it. And so I just encourage you to go and just think about like, this is their job. This is clinical. It's fine. It's not weird. It's normal. This is what we do to go get checked out on ourselves. So answering the part about it, awkward and embarrassing. It's not, it's not for the doctor. So for you, just like go and all is fine. (laughs) Um, they literally see vulvas and vaginas all day. It's not a big deal. So a pap smear, um, a pap smear, you, they will use a vaginal speculum to do their exam. And so you can look, look those up on the internet. They basically just like open you up so they can see inside your vaginal canal and make sure like everything is good to go. So usually when you go to the gynecologist, you get a pap smear every year to check and make sure things okay. I highly recommend getting a pap smear, even if you only have one sexual partner, because they're checking for so much more than just like STDs. They want to make sure that your everything is okay. And so I highly recommend getting a pap smear. Yes, the first one is scary, but it's mostly scary because it's unknown. So I think it's just, it's what women do. And so you just go and it's not a fun experience by all means, but you basically go in and get your pap smear. You'll put your legs up on the chair and there's a towel or like a, um, like a sheet over you. That way it's, you're not just like fully out there for the world and they'll check on you. And then they'll also do a breast exam to check for any kind of lumps. And so the experience overall is just like, how are you as a woman head to toe? What are, what questions do you have? How is sex? How is like just peeing? Are you having any, any pain peeing? Are you having any problems pooping? Have you ever felt any lumps in your breast? Do you do regular breast exams? And so they're just checking on you as a whole and just the particular things that we have as women, you know, boobs and vulvas and vaginas. And so they just check on you from head to toe. And I know that like, it feels weird and embarrassing, but this is their job. It's what they do. They don't care what we look like. This is, this is what they do all the time. So hope that answers your question about the gynecologist and getting a pap smear. Okay, question number three. What are your tips for keeping sex spicy and fun? Okay, switch it up. When, where, how? Like, switch it up. So if you always have sex in the same position every single time, switch it up. If you always have sex in your bed, switch it up. Try the try try the the floor. Like if you have like a comfortable <laughs> floor, I don't know. Try try on the carpet. Try in the shower. Like switch up different places that you're having sex. Like actual like rooms in your house. Do it on the couch. Like switch up where you're having sex. If you usually have sex at night, try having sex in the afternoon. I think afternoon sex, and I've heard other like sex accounts and podcasts talk about this. Like for some reason, afternoon sex is like always like fun sex. Like, I don't know what it is about maybe the sun being up and three o'clock in the afternoon. I don't really know, but I feel like sex afternoon sex is always just fun and like smiley and laugh, laughy, like laughy. That's not even a word, but it's like just a fun time. Um, it's usually pretty lighthearted. So try that. Like if you always have sex at night, try it at a different time of the day. Try different sex positions. If you're like me and you're like, I, I don't know any sex positions besides like missionary. I have a resource for you. Click the link in the episode notes, but it's christianfriendlysexpositions.com. 
yes, it's cheesy, but it is a really good resource because it shows you all different kinds of sex positions, but you don't see like people. It's like stick figures, but not really stick figures. So it's just good for you to like see and get ideas of how to have sex that aren't like watching porn or watching it in the movies. So I love that website. I think it's super helpful. Um, but yeah, just switch it up, like switch up how you do it, where you do it, when you do it. And also you guys are going to be like, what? This sounds like the least spicy and fun thing. Stay with me. Schedule it. Schedule when you're going to have sex. I know like I, I know you guys are rolling your eyes at me because you think that's the opposite. But if you know that sex is coming, like if you know you're going to have it that night or the next day, like you can send like sexy pictures throughout the day. You can flirt it up while you're texting or while you're at the house. Like you can just like flirt it up and make it more of like a 24 hour event than just when you guys are having sex. And I think that makes it super fun. So schedule sex. I know it sounds weird, but it is a fun way to spice it up because then you are like prepping for it and like getting excited for it for more than just like the time you're having sex, like an all day thing. So there are my tips, switch up when, where, how, and schedule it. Okay. Number four, how to relax before sex and prepare yourself to enjoy it with your husband. Okay. So your view of sex is important here because we've been conditioned to believe that sex is bad and wrong. And so when I read your question, you're like, how do you prepare yourself to enjoy it with your husband? Well, enjoying it with your husband should be the expected thing. Like you should be expected to enjoy it instead of it being an anxious thing. Because I read this question from like, I'm an, like from an anxious space of like, I am you know, anxious to have sex with my husband and I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it. And like, so you're, you're coming from an anxious space, probably because we have been conditioned to think that sex is bad and wrong. So that's where I say your view of sex is important here. Start changing your brain patterns to think that sex is good and awesome and a gift and something that you are so excited to do with your husband. And you're like, okay, well, how do I do that? Here's a practical tip example of how to do that. Okay. So it's like a Tuesday afternoon. You are thinking about sex and your mind goes to like, ugh, I just don't know if I can do it. I don't think I can relax. It's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. Um, I can't like relax to get turned on. Okay. Your brain goes there. So then you have to like actively do this next thing. Like you have to take that thought that you just had and, and literally say out loud or in your head, no. I am choosing a different path. Sex is good. Sex with my husband is a gift. Sex with my husband is going to be awesome and pleasurable because he is excited to pleasure me and I'm excited to pleasure him and I can't wait for us to have an intimate experience together. And so you have to actively choose the other path. And the more that your brain, the more that you do this practice, your brain will start picking up on the, that path instead of the bad path. So your brain will start to go to, oh, sex is good and a fun thing and I can't wait and it feels good and I want to do it rather than it being an anxious thing. So that is how, that is like one of my biggest tips for how to get your mindset in the right space is just actively choosing the other path. And then your brain will start to default to that one instead of the one that you had before. So your view of sex is very important here. Um, but as far as relaxing, I will say like deep breathing is always really helpful with relaxing. So like in your nose, out your mouth, look up elevator breathing, think about breathing 
as like a, an experience for your entire body, not just like your chest. And, you know, so think like I'm bringing it in and I'm breathing out. And when you breathe out, think about it, relaxing your entire body. So you have to be like really present when you do this. Think about like when you're breathing in, like, okay, when I breathe out, my pelvic floor is going to relax. My stomach is going to relax. My arms are going to relax. My fingers are going to relax. My legs are going to relax. My toes. I'm just so present in my body. And then breathe out and like try to like get yourself to get to that point. So I hope that made sense. I'm like doing lots of hand motions over here. Then you guys can't see it. So I hope that answers that question as far as like how to relax. Like deep breathing and your view of sex will really help with this. Okay, question five. You said acupuncture helped with pelvic floor therapy. Why? What are the benefits? Okay, so I started doing acupuncture for months before we actually did any kind of exams or pelvic work. And the reason is my nervous system was out the wazoo. Like it was out of 10 all the time. And so acupuncture really helped regulate my nervous system. And I like have seen a significant difference in my body since going to acupuncture. I always felt like tense and on edge and like really jumpy all the time. I was always so, so jumpy. And going to acupuncture really helped relax my body. Like you could not touch me without me jumping like across the room. So acupuncture really, really, really helped regulate my body. Now, I cannot answer the scientific side of acupuncture. My acupuncturist has explained it to me a million times how it works, and it goes over my head every time. So I'm sorry, I can't give that. I'm just a person who goes and it works. And so I just trust it. <laughs> um, but relaxing my nervous system has really helped relax, like relax my pelvic floor because my nervous system was going crazy. So of course my pelvic muscles and the nervous system, the nerves inside my pelvic floor were going crazy as well. And so acupuncture really helped regulate it all and basically calm my body down because my body needed to be calmed down. It was like going crazy all the time. So Acupuncture helped with that and helped us get to a calm place so that we could do the pelvic work. So I absolutely recommend going to acupuncture. I still go like, and like I said, I haven't done pelvic work since December, but I still am going to acupuncture because it helps my anxiety so much. And my just body as a whole feels so much better when everything is regulated. Okay. Question number six. I never had an orgasm. Is that normal? I feel alone in this. First, I'm so sorry that you feel alone. You are absolutely not alone. There are a lot of women who experience this and for different reasons. Um, women are literally not taught anything about orgasms because then people would have to admit that women have sexual desire and you know they don't want to do that. So we are just never taught anything about our bodies. We're not taught like talk to about our clitoris or like how your um, nipples can help you get turned on. Like nothing is talked to us about how we are supposed to get turned on. Sometimes it just happens and you don't even know what's going on in your whole, in your body. So we're never really taught how to experience it. And that is a lot of why women can't experience it because we don't know anything about our bodies. We don't know how our bodies work. We don't know what our bodies like. And so that's, that's a lot of the reason why um, women have never had an orgasm. So there's a couple of different reasons why. I mean, we haven't been taught. And there's also some like medical stuff as to why people can't do that as well. Um, but there are two, two different ways that you can orgasm. You can orgasm through penetration or clitoral stimulation. So a lot of women can't orgasm through penetration alone. And that is okay. Most, most women uh, have an orgasm through clitoral 
clitoral stimulation. And because that also is the purpose of the clitoris is to give you an orgasm. Like the clitoris doesn't serve any other purpose besides sexual pleasure. So I highly recommend if you're wanting to have an orgasm to work on the clitoral stimulation, like figure out a way, like figure out what your body likes and how your body likes it. And uh, I know also a reason that people may have not been able to orgasm is because Sometimes it can get to a, like you are turned on and you're like really liking what's going on. And then it gets to a point where it almost feels like super uncomfortable and super intense and almost painful. That is sometimes how orgasms feel. And so I understand like stopping yourself before you go any further because like you can't stand it. But I think that's also a way that women orgasm. So that's normal. Also, if you've experienced that, a lot of women have said that they go through that. And I also have an entire episode about this called Your Orgasms Matter Too. And I will link it in the notes that goes all into this conversation. So you can listen to more about orgasms there. Okay, question number seven. I still love sex and enjoy penetration, but I haven't been able to get wet enough. Many Christian friends feel the same. Well, they, you guys feel that way, and I felt that way, because women's pleasure isn't talked about. So a lot of us don't even know how to get turned on or what we like, because especially in the Christian world, they will never, ever, ever, ever acknowledge that women have sexual desire. So that makes sense. <laughs> that question totally makes sense to me, that your people aren't able to get wet enough. Like, yeah, I've gone through that too. So totally understand that. Um, my first response I will say is like next time you go to your doctor, definitely talk to your doctor about that because there may be something going on that like you need some help with like medically and that's totally okay. It doesn't mean you're broken or anything's wrong. Um, it's just like, it's really, I think important for your doctor to know that. So I would recommend doing that. But my other recommendation in the meantime is to experience floor play foreplay as long as you possibly need there is no rush there's no pressure like it's enjoy it as long as you need and as long as you need to get to the like place that you want to be um turned on at and like as much as wet as you want to be like there I, I know that a lot of times we like want to just get to it and get to that because we feel bad that maybe it's taking us longer than our partner well that's okay Sex is about both of you enjoying it and enjoying each other's bodies and being intimate together. And your needs are just as important as your spouse. And so I definitely encourage you to experience floor. I keep saying floor play, like floor play, not foreplay. <laughs> experience foreplay as long as you need to get to the place that you want to be. And also use a vibrator. I have no problem with using a vibrator. Try that. That'll help you get turned on and get wet and also try different things. So if like the same kind of stimulation is not working for you to get wet and to get turned on, try something else. Um, and also still use lube, regardless of how wet you get, use lube. And this just goes perfectly in to the next question. Cause the next question is, I would love to hear your thoughts on using a vibrator. Love it. Absolutely love it. Zero shame whatsoever. No shame. I used to feel so ashamed to tell my friends that we used a vibrator during sex because there's a stigma that if you have to use any kind of sex toy or a vibrator that your spouse is not good enough. And that's just not true. That is not true. My spouse is awesome and perfect and great and wonderful. And using a vibrator just elevates sex. Like it just makes it better. Like a lot of people will like masturbate while having sex with their partner, like touching yourself while your partner's doing other stuff. And so... 
I think I don't think there's any different between that and using a vibrator. Like it's fine. I think it just elevates your experience. I don't think it means anything negative whatsoever about your partner. It just elevates your experience and they can use it on you too. So it can still be something that you guys obviously are using together. Now I do think when I mentioned masturbation and vibrator, like in, in my marriage and I, and I know some other friends, like they only use it when they're having sex together. So they will not use a vibrator outside of sex, like, or, or to masturbate. Like personally, I don't think masturbation is like in our, in our relationship, we, we do not masturbate. We will only masturbate if we're having sex, like doing it together. So that, cause then we're, it's still like sex. It's still like us experiencing it together. Um, so we don't use a vibrator outside of sex, but definitely like think it's great. Also, consent is super important when you're talking about sex toys. So if you're wanting to add things like that into your sex life, you've got to talk to your partner about it and make sure that you guys are on the same page and you're both comfortable with it. So anytime you're bringing anything into the bedroom, you definitely, definitely, definitely want to have consent on both sides. But it'll, I think it elevates the experience. My like partner, like spouse does not think anything differently. It just adds to it. Um, I will link the one that I use in the episode notes. And I know other people who use this one as well. So it's a bullet vibrator. We got it when we got married and we've been married for over two years now and it's still going strong. So <laughs> has a bunch of different settings and I think it's fantastic. So I will link that in the episode notes and full disclosure, that will be an affiliate link. Okay. Next question, what else besides dilators helped you experience non-painful sex? So pelvic floor physical therapy and regular therapy. So dilators were helpful, but they were not the most helpful thing to help me get to pain-free sex. Pelvic floor physical therapy and regular therapy were the drivers in me getting or experiencing pain-free sex. And I go into deep detail of how I got to pain-free sex on an episode called I'm Cured of Vaginismus. And I will also link that in the episode notes. We're going to have so many links in the episode notes this time. How how fun. Um, Okay, next question. Number 10. What's the worst advice I've ever gotten? Literally, I saw this question and immediately knew what my answer was. No brainer. To give my husband sex anytime he wants it, no matter what. Worst advice ever, 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 ever. And I honestly don't know if anyone has ever said those words to me, like to my face. But anytime I've like look up anything on the internet, like for advice, even in, in the Christian world too, like this, that's where I would get my advice from. I would see this stuff. And that is just like so messed up. That is saying that consent doesn't matter, that your body is not yours. Like, yes, I know that like when you get married, it says in scripture that the husband has authority over the wife's body and the wife has authority over the husband's body. Um, Yes, you become one, but that doesn't mean that you lose your bodily agency and your bodily autonomy. Autonomy? Yeah, autonomy. So like you can decide when you want to have sex, like if your husband is wanting to have sex 24-7 and you are not there and that is, like, not something you can put your body through, be honest about that. Like, consent, 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 consent. Consent does not go out the door when you get married. Consent is something that you have for your entire life. That is important for your entire life. So, yeah, worst advice in the world is to give your husband sex anytime he wants it, no matter what. No. Terrible. <laughs> 
I'm also not telling people to never have sex with their spouse. Like I've had people think that that's what I mean and think that I'm telling people to deny their spouse of sex. That is not what I am saying. I am just saying that if you want to say no here and there every time, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. Question 11. Were you able to insert tampons with your vaginismus? Yes. So there are two types of vaginismus. Type one is you can't insert anything at all. Zero, uh, nothing. Type two is you can insert some things, but it, it will be painful, sometimes not painful, which is interesting. So I'm glad that I learned about that because I have type two because I have been able to insert tampons forever. I have been able to insert fingers and have no problem. I could insert whatever I wanted inside of me, like me doing it. And I was fine. And so I remember before I was diagnosed with vaginismus, like I'm sitting on my friend's couch and telling her like, I can insert tampons and use fingers. So like, I don't have vaginismus and I did not know about the different types at the time. So it, it is interesting. And I'm thankful that there are different types because it's just helpful in diagnosing. So yes, I am able to insert tampons with vaginismus, but I do not use tampons anymore, which goes into my next question, which is perfect. Perfect timing. Um, question 12. Can you give some menstrual cup information, tips, troubleshooting? Okay, guys, guys, I freaking love menstrual cups. I was terrified forever of them. I was like, there is no possible way that I'm putting this cup inside of me. Absolutely not. Like, nope, it's going to get stuck. It's too big. It looks terrifying. How do I get it out? How do I get it in? Like I had all the same feelings that you guys have, like it just being scary. And then I was kind of interested in trying it. And so, cause I kind of got to a point where I was like, I don't like the toxic stuff with tampons anymore. I don't like spending all the money on tampons and they really hurt when you pull them out and you didn't bleed. And so I'm like, Mm -mm, I'm done. And thankfully this company like actually offered to send me a cup. It's the pixie cup. And I, they're, they're the only brand I've tried, but I have tried, let's see. I think I have like five or six of their cups. I think maybe, yeah, I think I have five or six of their cups and I've tried all, all the ones that they've sent and they are fantastic literally fantastic. So my advice to you is to try a couple different cups and sizes to find what works best for you. So um, my Pixie cup literally makes um, cups for all different types of situations. So if you have a tilted, cer tilted cervix, they have a cup recommendation for you. If you bleed, like if you have, are like a real heavy flow, they will have a cup that they suggest for you. If you have a very small cup and a small vaginal canal, they have a cup for you. So there's so many different cups sizes and different types of cups that you can look into. So I use the teen cup, which is the smallest cup that Pixie Cup makes because I, guys, when I was on tam using tampons, I used to think that I bled, not like a lot, like I knew I had a lighter flow, but like I would fill up tampons super fast some days. And I was like, man, I just bleed all the time. Well, now that I use a cup, I re very quickly learned I don't even come close to filling up the top of the cup. I mean, teaspoon of blood, maybe if, yeah, if that, not even that, like I do not bleed as much as I thought I did. And I will literally leave the cup in for 12 hours. And when I take it out, I'm like, that's it. All that pain for that. <laughs> that's all I got. Um, but seriously, it, it is the best. So I definitely recommend that you try a bunch of different cups, find what size works for you and what type of cup works for you. So 
when I say type of cup, like they make some cups that are better, you know, for like a different cervix sizes and different vaginal canal sizes and things like that. So find what works for you. I use the smallest cup and it's the softest cup that they have. Um, and it works really well. And I think it's super encouraging for me to be telling you guys this because with having a history of vaginismus, I can use a menstrual cup and I know that they like look big and that's like really intimidating. Cause you're like, how can that fit inside me? But guys, a penis fits inside of you, you know, you know, just think about it like that. Okay. Just, I know you're like, what? But just think about it like that. Like it's much, there's a lot more room in there than what you actually think. So I definitely recommend trying it and try a bunch of different insertion methods. So there's a lot of informational videos out there. I watched a bunch on Instagram to figure out what kind of like way that I wanted to fold my cup to get it inside. And so once I, tr I had to try a bunch of different ways before I found the way that I like to put it in that I find is the easiest. And so try different couple ways. Like they, one thing that Pixie Cup says is like using a menstrual cup is like riding a bike. There's a learning curve. You're trying to figure out how to do it, but once you've got it, you've got it. And so it, that was my experience with it as well. And I know that we're all like terrified that it's not going to come out. Well, it's going to come out, okay? And here's my tip to you. Use your pelvic muscles. And if you don't really know how to move your pelvic muscles and what that really means, think about pooping. So if you think about you're trying to poop, you're pushing like your pelvic muscles down and that will push the cup out. So it won't push it out completely, but it'll help move it down. So use your pelvic muscles to get it out. And you really just like put your two fingers in and grab it and pull it down and it'll, it'll come out. And then I just literally dump it into the toilet. <laughs> like it, it's not, it's not hard. And so, um, there's also a bunch of different ways that is works for different people of how to take it out. I can do it sitting on the toilet. Some people like to squat. Some people like to stand. So you really just try a bunch of different ways to see what works best for you and try different companies. Like if you're trying this one cup and this like a bunch of different cups in one company, it's not working, try a different one, you know, like they're, I mean, they're all like they all work the same way, but they're all made, you know, kind of differently. So figure out what, what works best for you. You got it. Try different methods, try different ways, use your pelvic muscles and you got it. it it's not as scary as it thinks. And honestly, guys, I have zero cramping with them. I used to cramp really bad because of tampons, no cramping whatsoever. The first, oh, well, think about it. the first time I used it, I did cramp a little bit when I took it out. Like the, like while I was taking out, it started cramping a little bit, but that was just the first time and it's never happened since. So like you got it, you can do it. If you want to um, get a pixie cup, which I'm talking about, I will link that below and you can get 15% off by using my link. So 15% off your purchase of a pixie cup and pixie cup. Every time that you purchase a cup, they give a cup to a woman in need. So you're giving back, which is super cool. You guys know I love helping women. So that I really love my pixie cup because of that. So, and that is an affiliate link as well. So I have to be honest. Okay. Question 13. When you were struggling with painful sex, did you and your husband have to abstain for a long amount of time? <sighs> okay, yes and no. So if I'm being honest, I really can't remember like the amount of time we went without having sex because honestly, I think I blacked out during a lot of that time of my life because it was really hard for multiple reasons, not just painful sex. There was a million other things going on in my personal life and it was a really dark time. So I don't really remember a lot of like, how long we went without having sex, but we would continue to try to have sex. And that was also at the encouragement of my pelvic floor therapist. So 
if you are like experiencing painful sex and you're going to pelt for therapy, definitely listen to your person and your doctor over me. Like they're, they know what they're talking about. I do too from experience, but listen to them. But we continued to try, um, because I was like determined to have, make this work. I wanted it to work so bad. And so we continued to try. And if it didn't work, then we stopped. Like if it hurt, we stopped. Cause I was not going to continue to condition my body to think that sex hurt. So if it hurt, we stopped. If it didn't hurt, we kept going, but there wasn't, but it would usually be, we would keep going and we could only go for a little bit and then it would start hurting. And so he'd have to come out. So I really don't remember the amount of time we went in between, but I know that in the in the meantime, we had oral sex and hands and we still like were intimate in that way um, because we wanted to keep our intimacy. So I, yes and no, we did, but I don't really remember how long it was and we, but we did other stuff. And so it was kind of fine. It worked out. Okay. This is my last question. I'm annoyed at myself for not having like a perfect 15, but I got a perfect 14. So <laughs> number 14, if we have sex multiple times in a row, it hurts. Any advice? Okay. Girlfriend, if sex hurts, you stop. <laughs> you stop, you stop, you stop, you stop, you stop. You never continue if sex hurts because you don't want to condition your body to think that it'll hurt every time. And sex should not hurt. Painful sex is not normal. So what this person is saying is that when they, they'll have sex like once and it'll be fine, but then they'll have sex again and again, like right at one time after another, then it hurts. So your, prob- your body probably just needs a break. Uh, it might just it might just be good for your body to take a break and you don't need to have sex multiple times in a row. So... I know that doesn't sound as fun, but I really encourage you to listen to your body and do not have sex if it hurts. So if it continues to hurt after the first time you guys have sex and you want to have it again and again, like in a row, like three, like three times a day, let's just not do that because we don't want sex to hurt. That's not good. Not okay. Okay. Oh, we made it through. 14 questions. That was a fun time. I really, really enjoyed doing this little Q&A. So I had a great time. Thank you guys for sending in the questions. I'm always super, super grateful for this community. And what we've built here is just so amazing. And I just love you guys so freaking much. So thank you guys for chatting with me. You could always continue the conversation on my Instagram. I love talking to you guys there. Nothing is TMI. (laughs) Um, But thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. And we will talk soon.